This week's story is one I had the opportunity to share back in 2021. And I wanted to share it again as the story of money is vital at any stage of life. The story of women and money, though, well, that's an even bigger story that needs to be untold. Enjoy. As editor at large of CNET Personal Finance, multi bestselling financial author, former CNBC host, and creator of the Webby nominated podcast So Money, she has become one of the country's favorite go to money experts. The New York Times calls her advice perfectly practical. Her award winning and critically acclaimed podcast, So Money, has surpassed 18 million downloads with listeners in over 160 countries, thanks to its one of a kind interviews and deep conversations about money. On the show, she spotlights leading experts, authors, and influencers from Ariana Huffington to Margaret Cho, Queen Latifah, and Tim Gunn, just to name a few. All about their financial perspectives, money failures, and habits. She also answers listeners' personal financial questions each week. Today, Farnoosh Tarabi is a sought-after speaker and best-selling author. Each year, she speaks at numerous events, companies, organizations, and schools. She's written multiple books, including the bestseller entitled When She Makes More, The Truth About Love and Life for a New Generation of Women. Her latest book is an insightful memoir entitled A Healthy State of Panic, which was released to rave reviews at the end of 2023. From Fragile Moments and Not Today Media, I'm your host, JD, and this is story number 56 of the What's Your Story podcast. Arnoosh. Hello. Knock, knock. <laughs> good to see you're hydrated. That's good. To- <laughs> it's one of those, I've been drinking a lot more water, you know, and yeah. you could probably test. I mean, it's not like I, I just discovered a health hack here, but <laughs> it is though. I mean, it makes I, a huge difference. It does. And I, I mean, I, I have to tell myself that all the time. My, my wife, I mean, you would think beyond me as an oncology nurse, she would totally get it. But I mean, there are days you get home or even just on the weekend where it's like, I did. I need to drink a lot of water. Yeah. Whoa. And it's, it's the reason for so many things, you know, headaches, achiness. Like I got my, my booster yesterday Yeah. and I'm like wrecked today. I don't know what's going on. I was fine when I got the full, you know, vaccination, but this booster is like, I don't know. It hit you a little differently. I mean, you, I mean, that's the things they don't tell you, you know, like, I mean, yeah. you know, ask as many people as you want. Like, how did you feel? What did you react? And, you know, I mean, I was the same way. I haven't got my booster yet. And like I said, you know, wife works in healthcare. So she has to immediately way sooner. I had never gotten a flu shot. I mean, we both were teachers. It was never anything that, you know, ever came across or anything like that. So I had no idea how I was going to be reacting, but I'm like, you know, I'm barely healthy. Uh, you know, this should be okay. And my parents, well, everybody moved here because we just, we just had, we had a, had a kiddo. He's 13 months now, but they live like an hour from us. So we trade off between the weekends coming back and forth. And I got the shot in the morning. I was fine on the way home. And it was like the same weekend that my mom had knee surgery. And we were there like the, the night, the, the week or the, excuse me, the day before. And so I'm on my way home and I'm like, Tracy, I said, like, my head hurts. I was like, I think I, I must not have eaten enough. I was like, I'm getting tired. By the time I got home, I'm like, I think I'm dead. Yeah. Uh, I mean, oh my God. I mean, no idea. Like, I mean, and it was gone. 
but from I mean the flu shot. No, no, no. I'm oh. sorry from my from my COVID, COVID vaccine. And I, I mean, but I, you know, I've never had any experience with any kind of, you know, you know, vaccination shot. I mean, other than, you know, when I was like, you know, babies, yeah, but right. no clue how you're going to. So, yeah, but water helps. I can't say I'm the best either. When I'm, when I'm bored, then I'll drink, you know, like a, like a fifth. Yeah. I think um, it's important to just like have it on your desk and make it as easy to take as possible. Like yeah. this is actually hard to unscrew and <laughs> <try to laughs> spill it. But, you know, just one of those like squirt bottles. It's get that. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the one thing I always, and it's, it's funny. I mean, you, you think that would be these, I can't tell you how many times I have that conversation. And then it's like, oh, you know, you're right. I'm like, kind of, yeah. but it is. I mean, it's the best thing that I've found from myself. Like you said, I mean, I have, I mean, I keep my, just a Yeti cup there, but that's a lot in one shot. But at least like tracking it and that whether you have like a gallon jug and that's your gauge. Or, you know, some other fancy cup. Yeah. It at least makes you look and go, oh, it's one o'clock. Shoot. No wonder why I've got a headache. I've only drank a quarter right. of that. Yeah. But it's it's tough for anybody. So, so thank that's you for the doing podcast, that. right? Yeah. It's good. Ciao, everybody. Um, glad to have you. Her work and advice has been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Fortune, Forbes, Time, Mary Claire, Glamour, Red Book, and USA Today. She appears on major news and talk shows, highlights include the NBC Today, CNN, MSNBC, Good Morning America, The View, and Live with Kelly and Michael. Farnoosh graduated with honors from Penn State University with a degree in finance and international business. She holds a master's from the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism. So let's take a moment, sit back, and hear Farnoosh tell her story. No, thank you for doing this. I'm completely humbled. You have no idea. I mean, you're such a fan. I, I was <laughs> like honored to make this happen and happy to finally make our acquaintance. Yeah. Way, like officially like speak to one another. I'm a fan. I mean, to be honest, I'll be, I'm a, I'm a fan for starters because my wife, in fact, this morning she left and I was curious how she was going to leave this morning because she leaves a little bit earlier. Our son is just about to wake up shortly after she leaves. And it's usually the same like exit. Like, and I was like, she, like, she, say? she just left and didn't say anything. She wasn't like good luck or anything. And I'm like, kind of expected. Cause <laughs> when it, like when we moved here, we, I mean, we've always had some kind of discussion when it comes to finances and, you know, our backgrounds are different as far as our family conversation. But when we moved from Charlotte to here, you know, our expectations was, family and house and so they kind of ramped up everything and she's like well here's the podcast that i love listening to. oh wow and so it was that introduction and then i don't know what i did whether i whether i commented and i came home from a run i was like so farnish just followed me and she's like what how is that possible i'm the one who introduced you how many times have I? i'm like i don't know i don't know what i did so it's probably been in her head for the past couple of years so when i said uh-huh. it's happening she's like if you I don't know if you record this, but we'll do a special shout out. And you're recording it, obviously. <laughs> I'm already recording it. I have a yeah. bad habit of this is my one learned mistake. I'm sure you're the same way. I, just think so. I have done that <laughs> so, so many, right? More times than I'd like to admit, and yeah. always with a guest that like you're nervous about, right? So that was that's you for me at this point, and I was okay. like, surely well, something's then, gonna mess up. But the other day, I forgot to turn my mic on. Don't know. So you could hear me. But it wasn't being recorded. Yeah. And so I go to like get my track. I'm like, this is empty. And so luckily it was just my part. So I just you had to re-record myself. Yeah. 
I've certainly been there. I have a brother who's in IT and he loves to remind anybody, but especially myself, that Wi-Fi is is a luxury and not a not a guarantee. Um, So I'm like, okay, so I fine. I don't want to be fancy. We'll just whatever works. And so this is this is how this works. Yeah. So yeah. So thank you. You're welcome. And welcome to everything. So my my biggest question, and I probably I had it like years ago, because as soon as I, and this is not like, how can I make her feel great? This is like an absolute like true. As soon as I started hearing the conversation, it resonates. I like things simple. And and I think that's probably what hit me with you is that these were big conversations. And I have a father who mom and dad met on Wall Street. Dad was in brokerage services. He's worked from everybody from NCNB, as I think, when he, when he moved from North Carolina, excuse me. South Carolina here, originally from, you know, up there, First Union, Wachovia. So it was like a conversation that's in our head, but he was in brokerage services all his life. So that conversation was like, yes, you need to save, you know, save money. You need your 401ks, but like the rest of his conversation, it was like, you like, it was like you worked for the police department, you know, you don't bring that home. And so it slowly is like, the way the way it's always been presented to me is that it it feels simple when it comes, you know, from from you and the things you have to say. But Thanks. my my favorite explanation truly has been from Psych Yourself Rich. And you use the word holistic, and obviously that that rings a bell for me. But I'm curious as to A, how that how that came across for you. That, that did that would that just kind of that's how it feels to you, or did it kind of just evolve into talking mm. about, you know, finances, money? holistically. Yeah. I will say that that was an, a realization that was during this interesting time in my career, I got an opportunity to actually go on television and help real people with their money. So prior to this, a lot of my work was like writing about money, maybe going on a TV segment and giving you five tips, but never really engaging yeah. with the end user, <laughs> with the person who's actually going to yeah, receive the advice. And then kind of like work it out with that person individually. But then I did a show in, I think it was 2009 or 2010, One Hit Wonder as my TV career. That's like, (laughs) that's the title of my TV career book. It's like the one hit wonders. I did a show called Bank of Mom and Dad. And the premise was to go into these households uh, where usually a woman, young woman has, you know, been mismanaging her money. And I'm going to come and save the day. It's sort of like the nanny, but uh, with money. You come so in, assess, right? <laughs> you like make a chore chart or whatever you do. You make a budget and you leave and then you check in three months later. And what I was not prepared for, but what ultimately became the job was less about like, here's my fancy budget that I made you. And it was instead a lot of just like being a shoulder to cry off and being a friend and listening and getting really beneath the layers, peeling back the onion. So you walk in thinking this woman is saddled in with credit card debt. You know, maybe she didn't read the fine print. And then you realize, no, it's because she grew up in a particular kind of household or she was given certain messages. She has low self-esteem. She might have some mental health issues, all of this, right? And I realized like when we talk about money, we are not talking about money that yeah, we're talking about dollars and cents to a degree, but that it is majority who we are, how we were raised, the the prism through which we see the world. And this was all of this was happening 
to me, I was realizing a lot of this at the same time when there was a huge body of scientific work coming into the world around behavioral finance and the psychology of money. And so I was reading a lot of that stuff and realizing, you know, what can be my contribution to this space? There's a lot of like Nobel Prize winning economist papers on this. Maybe I could write a book that really brings it down to street level and says, hey, if if you're emotional with your money, you're not alone. It's everybody's life. And here's how we can get our heads straight around this and really think about money, not as just sort of this area of our life, this this siloed department of our life, but really the the backbone, right? To how we make healthy decisions, create healthy relationships, pursue what fulfills us. This podcast is proudly sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is something that should be taken seriously. And while this may be another sponsored ad, my relationship with BetterHelp is personal because for the past year, I've been using BetterHelp to gain my own mental clarity. I can sit here all day and tell you to seek help, but the truth is, we're in this together. In the end, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is, therapy works. What is therapy exactly? Well, it's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or simply not dealing with stress very well. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed or scared of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't even have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Join the millions of people, myself included, who are seeing what online therapy is really about. This, it's always a good time to invest in yourself because you're your greatest asset. As a special offer to listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. That's betterhelp.com slash fragile moments. And remember, just because you need help doesn't mean you're not worth helping. And now, back to Farnoosh's story. And, and, and I mean, and I think it's obviously like, you know, what struck a chord with me is, is, is the whole it's, there's a mental side to everything. And I think, I mean, with that one, especially, it just became, and maybe you can touch upon that, what it feels so stigmatic, you know, and it just, I mean, just the word alone, you know, just saying the word money for a lot of people, it becomes such an anxious term. And, you know, that's something that we discuss as, you know, family constantly, my wife and I, is is just that dynamic of where that, but where, you know, and, and our, like I said, our backgrounds are different. I mean, it was, you know, a comfortable, comfortable conversation to a degree at home, you know, maybe if there was trouble, it wasn't as readily like shared. But then on the flip side, you know, my wife, not so much and not so comfortable. And, you know, but yet here we both are having a similar conversation about, you know, what's the best approach and, you know, how to go forward and what's not so fun altogether. But where did that stigma you think came from? Or why do people feel like this automatic anxiety, no matter how much you make, I feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a visceral reaction. Yeah. 
It's many things, JD. I think it's culturally we are not raised in, in environments where money is fluent. We don't talk about money. It's sort of like you either have it or you don't. It's very divisive. It, and it can feel like, you know, we talk about also money in these terms, the haves, the have-nots, the rich, the poor. It's very bipolar. And then you don't maybe identify with, I'm not rich, I'm not poor. Where do I fall? What does money mean? And for women, especially, I think it's hard to talk about money and to feel like they have permission to engage with money is because like money has been run by men for the longest of time, just like a lot of other domains. And so we are new to this, to this, to this world. And still it is very much, you know, puppeteered by men. And and so I think everyone's got their own money story. But I think if you grew up in America, culturally, you probably weren't raised to feel like it was okay to just start talking about money. Remember, like, if you asked your parents growing up, like, how much do you make? Oh, my gosh. Not a clue. Mm-hmm. I, I can honestly tell you, uh, like, we, until, until my dad, so my dad was, like, asked to leave Wachovia. I have no problem saying that because he was older. And yeah. His skill set was so beyond what you know people could do, and he was so valuable. It was like we're gonna have to pay him for this, but we could pay a bunch of other people to do parts of that and get away with it. And it wasn't until that moment that was probably the the first moment I realized that we we had a like an opportunity to struggle. Although we, my brother and I, and that's all we are, never felt it. That's the first time. That was probably close to like end of high school, or excuse me, end of middle school, beginning of high school before. That was even a dialogue, like how much I make. And I don't feel like that's the same now. I mean, it's, it's almost like I'm, I'm J.A., I make this much, and there you go. Nice to meet you. Um, right. And that's, a, that's such an interesting change. And, and for what reason, I don't know. Well, yeah, I, I think for a lot of us, we grew up with this idea that money is a, a tool to measure our self-worth uh, yeah. against. And, you know, it, it doesn't help when you look at magazines and you watch TV and you read books and it's like, this characterization of certain people with levels inc- levels of income. So, you know, we can almost imagine if we had to paint in our in our minds, you know, what would be somebody who is a rich man? Like, what's he doing? What's he wearing? What's his job? Rich woman. What's she wearing? What's she doing? What's her job? What's her personality? We have these biases. Right? And it's because like a lot of that has been fed to us by the media, I think. And, and, and a lot of it is real life. But I think, you know... I, we're both parents. Like when my kids watch, like the, I always give the example of the Muppets, the okay. Muppets, the recent Muppets movie. And it's like the rich white oil tycoon who's going to try to steal all the, you know, the Muppets joy. And, you know, it's just that character, that, yeah. that, that cliche. And, but, but that's, you know, about, oh, you think about what are our, what are our kids looking at and what are they some, starting to piece together as far as who gets to be rich and what that person is probably going to be like as far as personality. And it's not healthy, right? There's obviously no. more to it than that. We have to really make it more. But you're right. I mean, that's where the conversation starts. I mean, like I said, we were both teachers. And more importantly, we were Montessori teachers. And that's a whole whole other ballgame of philosophy and, and life skills. And so we were kind of blessed. And that's the kind of schooling that I went through. So, you know, truly blessed with having that conversation. But I mean, we haven't got the TV shows. He's, well, he's about to be 14 months old, but the books, and we read, you know, 
books that have been around for decades to, to newer ones, you know, from Corduroy's, you know, the, the baby bunny book. And I mean, we laugh all the time with how, how silly some of them are, but the conversations that the, the, the bunny book, I can't split in my mind. We've read it so many times, but you know, it goes to the story of like, you know, what the baby bunny is going to grow up to be like, and everybody has a suggestion and they're all like fantastic jobs. And then at the end, the baby bunny just wants to be a dad. I'm like, that wasn't written today. Like that, right. that would happen. How about wait till you get to the giving tree? Well, That's controversial. Well, my favorite book, but yeah, I mean, well, controversial, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, depending on the metaphor that you're using, it's like you give and you give and you give, and then you, you know, you just die alone. It's so the, the conversations are there, you know. I mean, it, it, you realize right away, like you said, you know, parent. But then, you know, on top of that, you know, if you're not a parent, you 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 read something like that or you've seen something like that, and I mean, for us, it's like don't. It's not a matter of like don't ever read that book. That was terrible. That's our opportunity to say, this is a great story. You know, here's your, here's the conversation that is probably a little bit more enlightening, a little yeah. bit more, you know, open-minded, you know, cause that's, it's going to happen. You can't cut that off, but. And that's really the work of it, right? Is to recognize that you may have grown up with these biases. You may have grown up in a way that you're not extremely proud to have, well, maybe you are proud, but that you're you want to rewrite your story a little bit. You want to maybe even reparent yourself as far as how you were taught about money. But it's that cog- it's that awareness that mm-hmm. differentiates those who will succeed and those who will just remain to live in the past and never feel like they can get ahead and escape their past. Yeah, I think you know the first step in managing your money well, especially when you're in a relationship where now you have to face somebody else's story and there might be friction or maybe even overlap, but it's important to talk about how you grew up learning about money, thinking about money, what your expectations are of your own financial life and what you want to afford in this world. Very important. And not so that we can judge each other or feel shame, but so we can understand where yeah. we're coming from. Because I, th- I think, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's uh, I mean, conversations like that for numerous topics, I'm sure. But like, that seems to be the one where, you know, you either see this divide in couples and you don't have that. Or, I, I mean, I very rarely, but I mean, I can remember, you know, the first few times I heard, you know, either friends or family, you know, where somebody had a separate bank account completely for this. And nobody, you didn't have those conversations about like, well, this is, you know, this is my money. That, and there's, you know, there's parts of it, like, you know, you certainly understand, but it's the, like the true like cut and like, I have just, I mean, you know, that was the way I was raised. And and so maybe that's why it's in my head, but it was like, hold on, wait a minute. So you're not having that conversation at all about money then, because yeah. this is what they make. And I, I have, you know, and again, maybe it's the way I've raised, maybe it's the fact that, you know, you, you've got a different, you know, a humble moment to, to have that, that thought. But, you know, every time I hear you say, or anybody, you know, say when she makes more, any conversation about when, you know, a, a woman makes more, I'm like, where's the problem here? I, that's great. I mean, I don't think there's been a, I mean, we were, like I said, I mean, both teachers in two different scenarios as far as private and public. And my wife has always made more mm. and I and don't, that's okay with you. You've never, and, it, and is she okay with it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, we've never, yeah. you know, because we really, and, and, you know, it's probably something with, to do with, you know, the Montessori teaching, you know, the, you know, as far as like roles and things like that in your life. And, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not just a father. You're not, you know, just a husband, you're not just a wife. That's one aspect of you. And it takes, 
I think that's one of the things that we've seen the most is, you know, the mental aspect of having those conversations is that, you know, you're kind of defined, like you said, by, you know, either rich or poor, or, you know, you have money, you know, or, or, you know, born into money or not. And, you know, for us, it has never been, I don't know, it's almost like not on the table at all sometimes that, you know, it, you could certainly see where it could be that, you know, here I am two days out of the week, you know, home by myself working, but I have three days home with, you know, our son and that, that doesn't happen for a lot of people. And, you know, I could, you know, she could look at it, but I'm always at work and I'm always, you know, and, but you, you make the choice not to, but I don't think, I don't think that a lot of people want to have that conversation. Maybe, I don't know. It scares us. It scares people to, to go there uh, and talk about money because it, like we talked about earlier, it it unleashes, uh, it reveals so much about like, you know, how you were raised and maybe things you're not particularly, you know, desiring to share things that you've been trying to bury or what have you. And yeah, the long story short, money is emotional. And couples, if I remember uh, going on a talk show about money and marriage and there was a, a wife and a husband in the audience and she did not know how much her husband made. Couldn't tell you, even okay. ballpark like what his salary was. And he said, well, it's not really her business. And I said, are you married? Yeah. It is her business. It's, it's kind of. Yeah. It is. And and so very interesting. And, and this was yeah. probably because of something he was taught, right? Yeah. Growing up. It's not something that he just decided one day. Um, He hit, he saw that normalized in his life yeah. and it was creating a lot of problems in their relationship. Sure. I mean, cause that, I mean, there's a, there's a, an automatic, you know, a line of communication that isn't there and, you know, that leads to, or possibly, you know, maybe not like, you know, expected or assumed, well, but it could lead to other lines of communication. Yeah. It's a sign of bigger problems. Yeah. It, right? It's, it's like, it's a trust issue. It's a transparency issue. It's a respect issue. You know, one of the, I recommend, I don't want to cannibalize my podcast here but no. you, or yours, but uh, Ramit Sethi is a friend and he wrote, I will teach you to be rich. And he has a podcast with the same name where he talks to couples about their money. And if you really want to go deep diving on the psychology of money in relationships, that's a good that's one. That's the way to go. If you think you have problems in your marriage, <laughs> financial problems, wait till you hear these people. Wait till you hear that. But it's, you know, it's just so funny and, and interesting. I mean, to, to listen to, you know, as far as, you know, what people's education and what, you know, conversations they are, aren't willing to have. But then beyond that, it's, it, you know, what the expectation is for, for you to understand, you know, so the part of the reason why it was, it just kind of hit me that it, like this conversation needs to happen, you know, with you was from my wife and I's like, you know, chats. And I don't think they're so far fetched as far as what we experience and do, but you could see where they are. So just recently, she hospitals, two big name hospitals, two big name universities behind them. They have two different ways of dealing, which I'm sure a lot of people do dealing with healthcare, number one, and then also like, you know, long-term investments and, you know, and, and how they, how they give that back. So the, the, where she was, was just kind of your standard, you know, conversation when it comes to here's what we'll contribute and, and, kind of done well now we had a choice between the standard what you normally you know would hear when it comes to you know you give this much we'll give that much but there was an option for and i'll butcher it so i'll just kind of leave it it was kind of like in, in a way it was like a pension plan so we spent a 30 minute walk with our son and he was probably just 
you know, staring off of the trees and watching our dog as we're walking. And we spent the whole 30 minutes going over the different options and, and thinking about it. But by the time we got to the end of the walk, it was like, how many people do they give this conversation to or give these choices to? And they just go home and go, I have no idea and don't have anybody to ask, but they didn't have they didn't have the education to begin with to even consider what that means. And so she's yeah. she's a nurse and you know, by no means do we consider ourselves old on most days, but that profession, you know, and that was a change for her. And she knew right away that she's sitting in class with, you know, 20 year olds or, or kids that are just coming out of high school. And so predominantly that's that's that that's that realm of, you know, of, of young kids that are coming into this. And here's this big, you know, tray of options when it comes to your future. It's, it's so like, <laughs> where that, you know, where does that get, you know, where did the education, I guess, of money get lost? Cause I, I mean, I could tell you from teaching in middle school, we had that when I started and this has been like 10 years ago. And that was like, you know, this fun conversation. I think the guy worked for first union. I can't remember maybe somewhere like that, but he was a friend of my mom's and he would come in like one week out of the year, every year and teach pieces, you know, pieces of the class simple stuff. Like if you're going to go to college, here's what college tuition is. Here's if you want an apartment. But then slowly it was like, not even by her choice or the school or classroom choice was the school's choice that, Hey, we're paying that guy to do what? No. And, but you saw that carrying forward. I don't remember even myself, honestly, in high school, having that conversation or anything finance related. No. I mean, look at me. I have a degree in finance. I took maybe four classes, right? Five, five, four, 400 level classes that were not even, uh, that were so abstract, you know, like things I'm not even using today in my day to day. So yeah, we definitely don't prioritize money culturally, educationally, institutionally, all of the ways. But so that's where, you know, I think people like me who have a passion for it and are approaching it from the you know, from a service angle are, are, are helpful. I hope, you know, because we just, there is that gap and people need that information and, and, and smart people it's, this it takes time to learn, you know, and it's not like, I don't, I don't want to say that money is rocket science, but it does take time to sort of learn. And you took that 30 minute walk and that, you know, but you had the, you had the luxury of like having a partner who wanted to even have that conversation yeah. with you and making the time for it. This isn't something that everybody has the time for. Even in our house, my husband just texted me. He's like, company, I'm on his health insurance plan. Our company's going to switch to a new healthcare company in January. So we need to do open enrollment again. I was like, open enrollment <laughs> are like the two most hated words, I think, yeah. in the financial dictionary. <laughs> because it only means you're going to like, you're going to be guessing your way through the whole thing. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you think I'm going to need this plan. I'm going to try to strike a balance between, you know, premium and benefit. uh, (laughs) I don't know. I hope I don't, I hope I don't get sick. Right. I think my teeth are straight now. I'm not planning on this happening. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I'm with you on that one for sure. But I think, I mean, you know, but I mean, that's, and that happens every year for everybody or should, right. As far as like healthcare. If you're lucky, if you're lucky, it's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, it feels like rocket science, but you know, it's so they're simple conversations really, but it's like, like anything else, right? You don't want to talk about, you know, eating healthier until all of a sudden, you know, you're, you've got some physical ailment or, you know, like you don't want to talk about maybe you need to get out and exercise or move more until 
can't move. You know, right. I feel like for whatever reason, money fell into that bank as well. Yeah, we te- easy right? It becomes something we concern ourselves with in in an emergency, and we don't do enough proactive planning and thinking and crafting of our financial lives. It's a lot of it is just in reaction to things that get thrown on our plate. Okay, now I have to afford this, or now I have to figure this out, and. That's while life is still happening and yeah. you might not have the capacity, you weren't ready for it. And it just makes it more difficult. Have you, as you're just talking about the education of it and making it easier, did, do you find that as somebody that enjoys comedy and I'm hoping, you know, labels themselves as a comedian in there, is that, is that like a far stretch to, to, you know, not joke necessarily about money, but like blend the two or is yeah, it just like, you mean, is that, it one of those topics that makes yeah. you go, I've uh, joke about that. (laughs) Right. I definitely think there's some humor, you know, in, in the way that people might think about money, but you, you know, I, I just want to make sure that it's, it's difficult. I think it's a challenge. I think it's possible. And people have encouraged me to do that uh, (laughs) combine because there's a lot of humor in, and I think humor is a great way to develop emotional strength around a difficult topic and then you can start talking about it in a way that feels more freeing and not so overwhelming and intimidating. And also I think to point out that when you're talking about, you know, let's say I was doing a stand-up something or other about like the crazy things people say about money or think about money, you might hear yourself right in that. And it's all meant to be, it's all said because we want to make sure that everybody doesn't feel isolated right? That we're all, this is, this is like our kind of screwed up culture around money. Um, Yeah. If you really like analyze, if you could, there's humor in like giving a 19 year old a a $250,000 loan to study basket weaving at an unproven (laughs) college, right? Like that's wrong, but also kind of hilarious. Hilarious, right? And and unfortunately, probably some bit of truth, right? In that joke, <laughs> it's all at the expense of this poor nineteen-year-old who hasn't even voted yet, hasn't even probably gotten a license. In, if they live in New York, because no one gets their license in New York <laughs> until they're forty-five, so we're we're in giving them this like massive responsibility, financial responsibility, without a parachute at all. Right. We're just throwing them out of the plane with a load of money. Have fun, right? Choose your own adventure and some jokes. <laughs> Welcome. You can keep three of Go on to something. Go on to something here. No, I mean it's something I've like always been curious. I mean, from the minute you you know talked about you know taking a a comedy class, like you know it, it you know just like any other topic, you know there's got to be a line. But I wonder, you know, because you have such you know involved conversations, and then you have such just you know lighthearted conversations, and I could just I could just feel I could feel the tension already, you know, with somebody that's like. This is so serious, you know, talking about money and investment all day and then cracking a joke and going, what? Yeah. And at the same time, you know, it's what you needed, you know, because I don't feel like, I mean, I see it all the time, like, you know, when it comes to the health, health and wellness realm, everybody wants to give these top 10 lists that are, you know, five things you should do. And those are great, but, you know, you start repeating it. I'm sure it's got to be the same thing with finances and, you know, getting people to educate. So, yeah. So, Thank you for doing this. I don't want to take up like too much more of your time there. No, thank you for having me. This has been a long time in the works. I know. <laughs> I'm glad to see you have this podcast. Yeah. Getting, 
you're, you know, you're, you're growing your platform, you're getting more out there. I, I love your work. Thank you. I've had, I mean, I've had a pleasure doing it and I, you know, just kind of, as it's kind of come along here and, and watching people that I admire, you know, that do it from, you know, various genres, but you just, you know, make it seem like, okay, there's a conversation rather than, you know, a force, you know, a force of hand to like, I've got to say this, that's what you feel. So I want to give you the red carpet here, the, the end, just to share with people what you've got going on, where they can find you, you know, any, anything you want to share. That's very nice of you. Well, I uh, recently joined CNET as editor-at-large of CNET Money. They're growing the brand. CNET's been around for 30 years, 30 plus years, and has become this real trusted source of news and analysis for technology. But in recent years, they've been growing to include advice and news around things like parenting and wellness, and more recently, money. So I've joined their team to help build out that extension and been really fun. They're licensing my my podcast, which is called So Money. Thanks for the thanks for the shout out. It's called Absolutely. So Money. It's three days a week interviews with interesting people about their money. And on Fridays, I answer people's money questions. So if you're listening and you're like, I'd like to maybe ask her a couple things about money or career or life, ever. I'm also a mom to two kids. I love real estate, so I like talking a lot of things. I'm also like into pop culture. So don't ask me about like really recent pop culture, <laughs> like more of a nineties trivia. Extremely fun to follow. If, if, there, if no one's following you on Instagram, that's listening to this. Try to keep it real. I, there's no agenda on my social media. If you can tell, I am not. Good. Like, really? What, I think once you check that out and realize that, you know what, like you don't have to post it this time with that. Hashtag. Oh, and this, I and wish it, I you know, I, you know, th- th- that said that people are doing it so well and, and are, are very much having an agenda and get the likes and all the things. But I just, I, JD, we're busy. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> and I don't want to like add more people to my no. team just to be, you know what I mean? So you got to pick and choose, but thank you so much for no. having me. This thank has so been nice. so much fun. But yeah, if you want to reach me, uh, Farnoosh at so many podcast, Dot com. You can also DM me on Instagram. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, oh, oh, I'm around. That's where I like to hang out on social media. You will not find me on TikTok. <laughs> it's probably a good thing. Right? I've drawn the line. Yeah. The line in the sand has been drawn. Thank you. Thank you so much. What's Your Story is hosted, produced, and edited by me, JD. Thanks to Farnoosh Tarabi for giving us the opportunity to hear the story of money and why it's so important to our live conversations. You can check out more of Farnoosh's work by heading to the link in our show notes. The Storyteller Project produces an audience-supported publication with a stellar podcast, stories that connect and heal us as human beings, and well-researched articles on challenging but crucial mental health topics. If you love our work, please join our community of curious minds and venture into a broader helm of human connectedness. You can do so by heading over to fragilemoments.substack.com to learn more about the storytelling project. If there's something that resonated with you in today's episode, let me know. Send me an email at jd at fragilemoments.org or you can tag us on social media at at storysharingpod on Instagram and threads. Thanks for choosing to listen. And I look forward to hearing your story one day because we all have within us a story to tell, a song, yet unsung.